Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, hiring new agriculture researchers ensures progress continues. New scientists also bring new knowledge, skills and perspectives as well as a new energy. But having a PhD doesn't automatically make someone a good researcher. Just like a class one license doesn't automatically make someone a good trucker or an agriculture degree doesn't necessarily make a good farmer. It's often better if a new, fresh-faced recruit has a chance to work with a grizzled veteran before they retire. Dr. Reynold Bergen is the science director for the Beef Cattle Research Council. He says succession planning in research is as important as succession planning on the farm. He says having experienced researchers available to mentor new researchers help shorten the runway to productivity and success. A 24-7 agricultural mental health forum launched at Canada's Farm Show in Regina. Do More Agriculture announced its new peer support mental health platform, AgTalk. Do More Ag Executive Director Megs Reynolds says a platform which is powered by TogetherAll provides a safe and anonymous space where anyone over 16 can connect, share and receive support from a community of peers who relate to their own unique experiences. When we come back, Reynold Bergen. Digging into the topics that matter to you, the AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. There has been a lot of talk about succession planning on family farms, but it is just as important in agricultural research. The following comments come from an article written by Dr. Reynold Bergen, the science director of the Beef Cattle Research Council. It was published in the June edition of Canadian Cattlemen magazine. Bergen says hiring new researchers ensure that progress continues. Hiring new researchers is important to ensure that scientific progress continues. New scientists also bring new knowledge and skills and perspectives and energy. But having a PhD doesn't automatically make someone a good researcher, just like having a class one license doesn't automatically make someone a good trucker, or having an agriculture degree doesn't necessarily make someone a good farmer. And part of the process is having an experienced research scientist work with a younger colleague. It's often better if the new fresh-faced recruit has a chance to work with the grizzled veteran before they retire. You know, experience is the best teacher and and it's always faster and more efficient for a a new researcher or anyone else to learn the ropes from an experienced hand than to make all the same mistakes and learn all the same lessons themselves. So having experienced researchers available to mentor new researchers helps shorten their runway to productivity and success. The Beef Cattle Research Council has had a mentorship program for nearly the past decade, and it matches new research scientists with beef producers who share research interests and bring practical expertise. This is especially important for foreign-trained researchers to build an industry network and the confidence to get started in producer communication and extension. Now, building those relationships is hard work, and if a researcher's first experience talking with producers isn't positive, they're going to be reluctant to try it again. And, and that creates a gap between producers and researchers, and that doesn't benefit anybody. So to address this challenge, the BCRC started a Beef Researcher Mentorship Program back in 2014. 
And that program matches new researchers with beef producers who share similar research interests and bring the practical expertise. So those producers serve as mentors for a year and they help the new researcher become familiar with the industry and with production realities and begin to understand how to align their skills and interests with industry's needs. Bergen says it's important to gain first-hand experience. You know, like everyone else, a group of researchers can be perfectly comfortable communicating and working with each other, just like producers can be perfectly comfortable talking shop or working cattle or pulling wrenches with each other. But the dynamics change when it's a single producer in a group of researchers or a single researcher in a group of producers. It's essentially a cultural exchange. You know, there's different customs and languages, and, and that means that it can take a long time to learn to communicate and work well together. And Bergen provides real-life examples, including Dr. Surya Achari, a forage breeder who recently retired from the Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada Research Farm at Lethbridge. In 2019, Achari worked with a young forage scientist, Dr. Harry Pudel. Now, Harry was originally from a farm in Nepal and had recently completed his PhD in plant breeding at the University of Wisconsin. So Surya and Harry worked together on a few industry-funded forage breeding projects that were aimed at improving the, the nutritional value of sandfoin and alfalfa, as well as improving sandfoin's ability to compete and persist in mixed stands with both grass and alfalfa. But then Harry applied for and was accepted into the BCRC's mentorship program in the fall of 2021. And since then, he's been mentored by Graham Finn and Doug Ray, who are two progressive Alberta grass farmers. And they've helped Harry become familiar with the production issues and challenges and opportunities in Western Canada. This mentorship program also gives researchers and mentors uh, the opportunity to attend producer and industry events together. By the time Dr. Achari was ready to retire, an Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada opened their competitive hiring process for a new forage breeder in Lethbridge. Harry was clearly the most qualified candidate for the job. Dr. Bergen's comments come from an article he wrote in the June edition of the Canadian Cattleman magazine. After the break, Dumore Agriculture's Executive Director, Megs Reynolds. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarlane. Megs Reynolds is the Executive Director of Dumore Agriculture. Uh, the issue of mental health in the ag industry is uh, something that we've been talking about more lately and has been getting uh, more attention, which has been great news. But there's another new thing that Dumore Ag has unveiled. And Megs, why don't you tell us about uh, Ag Talk peer to peer platform that was unveiled at Canada's Farm Show. Available 24-7 for anyone who lives, works and plays in the Canadian agricultural industry uh, that are 16 years and older and it is available in English and French and monitored 24-7 by mental health clinicians, which to us was really important. We're all at different places in our mental health journeys and having that professional there to help guide people um, as they're progressing and sharing is, was important for us. Okay, so explain how this works and uh, what it looks like. 
It is a website. Um, it looks very similar to Facebook, like a Facebook timeline. Um, you once you get in there, you can come into the like Ag Talk Agriculture section. So all of the, your posts that show up there will be from other people in the industry that have similar life experience to you. Um, or you can go outside of the the Ag section if you maybe are looking for to connect with people who are raising teenagers and and having challenges with that. Um, it is uh, play for not just to go if you're needing support um, what we're really pushing is that you know agriculture is amazing at coming together and creating community and so if you're in a place where you feel like you can give back and join to be a support person that that's a really powerful way to help everyone in the industry or maybe you're not ready to share yet but just signing up and going on and being able to read posts can really help when you're struggling to know that you're not alone oftentimes we feel like no one else understands or no one else is going through what we're going through so just being able to go there and read what other people are sharing can be really helpful. So what's involved in setting up? Do you need an account um, uh, to set up to get involved? And I guess more importantly, is this something that is anonymous? So it's kind of like signing up for anything. Um, on the back end, there's information that you put in, of course, and that the clinicians can access that if they feel that somebody is at risk. Um, but on the front end, you pick an anonymous username. It could be peanut butter pie and you have an anonymous photo and then there's data software that's running behind the scenes so that if you try to share personal information that's taken out um, if you use say the word life that flags to make sure that that post is safe and then clinicians will will interact um, the best way to connect with it is to go through our website so do more dot slash ag talk and like i said we're encouraging everyone to to sign up and get involved for whatever reason you know works best, especially to support people. And all of this would not have been possible without our amazing sponsors, which are BASF, RBC, and the McCain Foundation. So this Ag Talk platform is another tool in helping to break down barriers of mental health in the egg industry. I'm sure that's what the hope is. There's a reason there's the phrase cowboy up, right? Like tough it out. And so I, I'm excited that we're at a place where we're talking about mental health, but there's still so much stigma surrounding it. So people are really quick right now to say, like, I support mental health. I support anyone to, you know, connect to more traditional methods of mental health support if they need to, but I would never need to do that. And so that peer-to-peer support and anonymous peer-to-peer support creates a really safe environment where people can go and connect and it's not a mental health professional or it's not a crisis line because maybe they're not comfortable with that. Um, And because it's anonymous, they know that they can connect to people with lived experience, but no one knows it's them posting. I've spent the last year traveling across Canada, connecting with farmers and different people in industry. And the big common thread was we really want peer-to-peer support. But if I'm talking to a farmer in Nova Scotia, they don't want it with another farmer in Nova Scotia. They want to connect to somebody somewhere else that doesn't know who they are and doesn't know their story. So having that anonymity really makes it or removes that barrier so people feel safe and comfortable to share. And I understand that it certainly didn't take long for people to sign up for that platform right after the official announcement was made. The focus right now is really getting the word out across Canada through all of our networks and then calling on the industry to help as well and and communities to help get the word out Um, and just excited to have this. You know, we're we're not at a good place in agriculture with mental health. We have about one in four Canadian producers in 2021 feeling like their life was not worth living, wishing that they were dead or thinking about taking their own life in the last 12 months. So for me, having something like this, I feel is such an important tool to support 
people where they're at and help them progress and, and get them support and really just work towards changing the culture in agriculture. Megs Reynolds is the executive director of Do More Agriculture, and everything you need to know is at domore.ag slash ag talk. These are the top agriculture stories for the week of June 19, 2023. Taiwan announced they would accept Canadian beef and beef products from animals over 30 months of age. Taiwan imposed import restrictions on beef from animals both over and under 30 months back in 2003 after the discovery of BSC in Canada. Restrictions for under 30-month beef were lifted in 2016. Agriculture and Agri-Food Minister Marie-Claude Bebo said expanding trade partnerships in that region is a top priority for the federal government. Earlier this year, Japan lifted the last of its restrictions against Canadian beef. Canada Greens Council raised concerns about Ottawa's proposed pesticide measures. Council President Aaron Grolick said the decision to maintain the pause on maximum residue limit increases appeared to be driven by public opinion rather than scientific evidence, and decisions need to be firmly rooted in science. She said after almost two years of portraying the pause as a temporary measure, the government has now indicated a gradual resumption of MRL increases were deemed necessary, along with implementing a cosmetic ban on federal lands. Global pork processing company High Life announced it would lay off 87 people in Manitoba. 29 of those positions are at High Life's food processing plant in Nipawa, while the remaining positions are mainly administrative roles at the company's head office in Steinbach. High Life President and CEO Grant Lazaruk said the company has been dealing with inflation, rising production costs, uncertainty in hog and pork markets, and in foreign exchange rates. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan is asking the federal agriculture minister to move ahead with regulations to provide more protection for farmers signing grain contracts. Two years ago, many producers took a financial hit when they could not fulfill contracts due to a widespread drought. Now, APAS President Ian Boxall said a company has made a unilateral contract cancellation involving gluten-free oats when its buyer pulled out of the deal. With oat prices much lower now than when the contracts were signed, those oat producers are looking at substantial losses. Boxall said there needs to be clear and consistent terms governing grain contracts. $50 million in fines has been handed down in a price-fixing scheme. Canada Bread Company was penalized for its role in price-fixing arrangements that raised the wholesale price of fresh commercial bread. The Competition Bureau of Canada said it's the highest price-fixing fine imposed by a Canadian court. Canada Bread pleaded guilty to four counts of price-fixing under the Competition Act and admitted it arranged with its competitor, Weston Foods, to increase prices for various bagged and sliced bread products such as sandwich bread, hot dog buns and rolls. The price-fixing resulted in two price increases, one in 2007 and one in 2011. The Bureau said investigations continue into alleged price fixing by other companies, including Metro, Sobeys, Walmart, Giant Tiger and Maple Leaf Foods. The National Coalition of Export-Focused Agriculture Commodity Organizations voiced frustration following the final approval of Bill C-282 in the House of Commons. 
The private member's bill aims to prevent Canada's trade minister from making any further concessions on supply-managed commodities, dairy, chicken, eggs and turkey, in international trade negotiations. Dan Darling with the Canadian Agri-Food Trade Alliance says Canada will be going into trade negotiations at a disadvantage as no other country in the world has legislation that prohibits its government from including specific commodities in negotiations. CAFTA's membership includes the Canadian Cattle Association, Cereals Canada, Pulse Canada, the Canadian Canola Growers Association and other organizations representing commodities that rely on trade. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.